0: Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and most importantly, the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find, and you really forced us this time, and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time pot smoker and full-time kratom enthusiast, and with nice. me... It, as always, is my good friend, and this is gonna get a little confusing. Vampiric disciple, oh yeah,
1: of the Savages lead singer, true. Oh, yeah. I totally. Uh, we just kind of sat down and just kind of went go on this. Yeah, I feel like uh, we haven't really, haven't really talked to you since that. We I just got your message by the way, which <laughs> is funny about yeah. the, the piebald lyrics. Um, <clears throat> well, how you doing.
0: How you doing, man? I am am in rough shape. So, Andrew and I (laughs) just came back from um, Way Home last weekend, and I've I've been sick for two days.
1: Oh, what's wrong? What's the matter? Uh, I think I got a cold. Oh, that's brutal. I also feel bad, but not with a cold. I just feel like I haven't really recovered. Right. I'm just
0: wondering if all the stuff that went down during Way Home kind of compromised my immune system a little bit. 100%, man.
1: All that dust, too. Dust, sun. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. It was the
0: dust and sun, not the other stuff that
1: I intentionally put in my butt. But the the thing is, though, people don't. I feel like when you go to a festival, like people don't realize, or they they willfully ignore the effect that the sun has. You know, it's not like you're day drinking at a cottage. Like if you're day drinking at a festival that's in the middle of July, yeah, and the weather isn't rainy. Even if it is rainy, really, or overcast, Mm -hmm. people are just like, yeah, whatever. I'll wake up at 8 a.m. and then just spend the entire day until like 10 p.m. baking in the sun. Yeah. Even if I have sunscreen or hat on, like that amplifies. It's like a one beer equals like five beers,
0: really. Yeah, it uh, it, it was a lot of fun. We, we haven't really done a way home wrap-up, so why don't we just talk about it right now? What was your favorite
1: act? Oh, it's tough. It was a tie between Savages FK Twigs and LCD sound system. But I got to say, I think now after the fact, I think Savages is pulling ahead just a bit because I've seen FK Twigs before. And even though that was incredible and did not disappoint. Yeah. That was my first time seeing Savages live and they fucking knocked it out of the park. Melted my face off. It was pretty intense. a Very too. special
0: experience. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard for me to pick a favorite. I wasn't really there to see anyone in particular, really.
1: So I don't see sound system was, yeah, that one was, was pretty, pretty fantastic.
0: Pretty out of control. I didn't get to stay for the whole thing, unfortunately, because I was taken away by helping
1: people get into the festival. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. There was a overall good, good yeah. experience, but it was a bumpy ride. Our tents, our shade tents were blown away by the wind. They snapped. Yeah. They were, they were irreparable. Oh, uh, we're
0: it, just, it was, yeah. uh, it was just wild kind
1: of two steps forward one steps one step back kind of yeah. thing
0: saw saw arcade fire which was pretty good i liked the i liked the Arkell show a lot um, cover tragically hit yeah a little tribute but there was oh and now i can't remember who it was there was one show that i was thinking about the other day that really stuck out to me
1: oh trap called red yeah yeah yeah, yeah. trap called red
0: that was like intense and it, i mean it wasn't on one of the more, I mean, it was on a large stage, but not one of the largest stages. And so it was on a stage where there were barriers on either side. So people had to be densely packed in and it was densely packed and people were just like dancing and going crazy to the point where I would say, you know, two thirds or three quarters of the way through the set, we just had to leave because I was just covered in sweat. And like, you know, you
1: mentioned the hot sun, I felt like I was dying. So I had to get out of there. Yeah, it was rough. It it was tight. But yeah, they were great. Shad was really good. Braids was good. Mothers was good. Um, yeah, I was I was impressed by. A lot. I th- I thought overall. I mean, it's one of those things where like everybody you talk to seems to experience a show in a different way. You know, whether they're depending on where they're standing, who they're with, how they're feeling, what they're under the influence of. But like, oh yeah, you know, like that. Like for example, LCD sound system blew my mind. I thought that the sound was fantastic at almost every single set except for Major Laser of the weekend and that guy came over the morning after lcd sound system and was like oh yeah lcd sound system sucked man the sound was awful and i was just like are you are you fucking kidding me yeah no it it was but that was one dude though no i I know i just meant in general like it was like for me i felt overall you know been to a couple festivals i thought the sound was good i was impressed pretty i was pretty impressed
0: there's some of the girls we were with really liked major laser set which kind
1: of surprised me because it seemed a little lackluster well but I don't want to. I don't want to name names or call anybody out, but I feel like that could also be just inexperience. Well, they were even also, if you've been they, to a couple festivals. Like they were that's also like, probably like right dead center yeah, in the whole thing, like going nuts and not sober, not really maybe. paying attention to what was going on. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I've I've seen Major Laser a couple of times, and I was kind of disappointed. I thought it was too quiet and kind of lackluster, but uh, yeah, it was overall it was good. There was a lot of met some cool people. Yeah, you know, had mushrooms bu- for breakfast one buns. morning.
0: That was an interesting experience. Yeah,
1: I did. I had eggs. Oh, probably. Yeah, I ate like a
0: re- or trail mix. I didn't. I didn't. Well, I probably had those things too. But anyway, uh, on to. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, I, d- I do not suggest it. <laughs> <laughs> not. A- I don't. Not at a festival, you know. Not on a train. Not on a plane. Mm, would not eat them anywhere. No. Uh. Well, I might eat them somewhere. But anyway. Onto the podcast section of the show. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this week's hidden gem was an
1: anime called Summer Wars. Yeah, which also, by the way, I've done no research about. So I might say some things and then later have to revise those things via our social media platforms but i'm just gonna wing it
0: yeah i i have done little to no research on it either shout out to my buddy mike who suggested i this.
1: thought this came from nimit oh did it maybe it did oh i don't know i'm just saying i feel like nimit whatever nobody knows who well i'm sure some people know who nimit is the well, let me just uh, check illustrious you. cover artist of the closing run of fables covers the illustrator
0: I would be curious, because I know that my buddy Mike has suggested us to watch a few animes, and I just assumed this was one of them, but maybe it wasn't. Anyhow, uh, the movie is about a nerdy Japanese kid who gets pulled into this girl's drama, Mm. while also uh, is engulfed in this online world, kind of like Second Life, but like more you know Facebook meets Second Life more ready
1: player one as it's yeah, been described to me.
0: Absolutely. And so he is intertwined with the family drama and some cyber warfare that's going on in this online world that's affecting the real world. Right? I mean that's Correct.
1: That's it. Yeah. You nailed it. I was already going to just jump right in, but go on. No. No, I mean I don't you go go ahead because I'm still I'll trying to I'll say this I feel like there's a lot there's a lot to like, but just to get this out of the way, the cyber warfare aspect of it, I was a little bit underwhelmed by. I felt like they had set it up to be so much cooler than a casino game, even though I understand how that related to the plot. There's yeah, like a bit of fighting. Yeah, there's yeah. a bit of fighting at the beginning, and they were like, This world, you could do anything, you can go anywhere, and they're showing like all of the different worlds you know you can yeah. you can do your job here you can exist in any form that you want and i was expecting that fight mm-hmm. to fucking be crazy and it was not crazy at all i mean it was crazy but like you wanted i, it I wanted it to be way more imaginative i think than just like okay here's like a bunch of the giant evil black cloud versus the lone person but Aside from that, there's a lot of things that I liked. I felt like it was a lot like the Digimon movie in more ways than one. I have not seen that movie, but
0: I could see how it would feel that way because the characters themselves reminded me of Digimon. So I just looked at the spreadsheet real quick. It was suggested by my buddy Mike, and we didn't give him credit because he also suggested Dragon Ball Evolution for us to check out as a you got to love it. What
1: a son of a bitch.
0: Yeah. He's actually living in Japan right now. Oh, gels. And he... It's One of the reasons why he suggested this, he's like, if you only know the Studio Gilby films, you know, you should check out some other, you know... Diversify, as it were. Your anime. I'm
1: totally behind that. Yeah, uh, so I... You know
0: what? I'm going to use this as a a point to say, if you guys have any other anime movies that you want us to check out or you think we should check out, uh, send them in because... Is this the first anime that we've done?
1: No, we did Ghost in the Shell 2. Oh, yeah, right. We did... uh, yeah, maybe just Ghost in the Shell too. Yeah. I, I used to I used to be deeply entrenched in anime. I I've I mean I've seen a lot of anime and I own quite a few movies, but mm-hmm. mostly just sort of the uh I don't know, kind of like the flagship titles, like, you know, Perfect Blue, Paprika, Macross Plus. Yeah. Um that kind of thing. Sure. Like just like, you know, Ghibli film like Well, Ninja Scroll. Ninja Scroll is a good Akira. one. Akira. Kira is another good one. Uh, anyway, but, we can go on forever. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of trailed tapered off in recent years. The the ones that I've kind of so this movie reminded me of a lot of things. The things that and maybe the reason is because some of the same people were involved in this. But first of all, the Digimon movie. Just to touch on that again, which I feel like is is kind of a hidden gem in its own. It's not going to be what I recommend, but I haven't seen it. So here's what's weird: is like you know it was a pretty juvenile. It was like a kid's show, right? Yeah. But the movie was animated, I thought, very beautifully. It had a very similar feel. Like the characters, the outlines, like the line work wasn't always like a black line. Like they would use colored outlines to like... Yeah. And it, it was unlike a lot of things I'd seen at that time. Anywhere in the world in animation, I was like, oh, that's sick. And it was a very similar concept. It was actually like, basically, the TV show was just about these kids with their digital monsters, right? It was like Pokemon, but like in a digital world kind of thing. Sure. The movie was about like a virus. I'm probably misremembering, but a virus that was exactly like the thing in Summer Wars, where it controlled the because, characters. Yeah, the the world of Digimon had become so sort of right. uh, far reaching, and everybody was on it that this virus didn't just come commandeer the characters, but it was actually accessing government. You know, like and it ended up launching nukes. And the movie was about these kids using. They're Digimon, which you would be familiar with. Through it takes place um, with the original characters, and then it actually resumes later with a completely different set of characters that they then in a different time, like like later on in the future. Right. And all of the original characters are now adults, which is pretty interesting. It was just like it feels like a kids show, but did that thing that anime so frequently does, where it kind of like goes off the rails a little bit into something that seems more adult, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. But there's a lot of similarities. Like I just kept being reminded of like, Oh, these people are using their digital avatars to battle a virus that is take, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it wasn't really like fresh in that way. Um, but I did really enjoy it. And it also reminded me very much of studio four C. I don't know if you're familiar with studio four C, but no, um, we can come back to that later, but they're just a studio. That's done a lot of fucking just balls to the wall. Insane. Anime films that are just so imaginative, so crazy, um, but yeah. So I was basically watching it and just feeling very nostalgic for when I was like steeped in anime and just like, oh, there's like the cicada noises, like right. the sound effects, like the, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot that I really enjoyed. It's interesting that you mentioned nostalgia because I I had a bit of
0: nostalgia, but for another reason. The family aspect of this film is very like Japanese family. I, I mean, it was kind of a family reunion, yeah. but you wouldn't... I mean, it it didn't seem like it was an event. You know, they were planning a family reunion, it just like one of those things, like, you know, Christmas or whatever that comes up that the whole family gets together and meets. And with, with some notice, noticeable differences from the way that we would do it in the West, I would say, like the fact that she felt like she needed to bring... Her husband, quote unquote husband, you know, and they were just finishing high school or whatever it was, and some other some other stuff like the, I don't know how to describe it, but the the ladies who are unmarried, who are older, and at one point they called them spinsters or something. But like in Japan, it's weird if you're in your thirties and not married. Right. Right. So like just the whole family dynamic is very. Japanese, you know? And there, I was looking at it and I was thinking like this is how, this is how it is, you know?
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool. I did I did like the uh the sort of intro. At first I thought it was like a pretty loose it just seemed odd that it started with her just being like, "Hey, who wants a job?" Okay, like, yeah, like, "Hey, dude, like come with me." And he was just like, "Yeah, okay." And then just like ended up you know, like, the length of time, the duration of the state. Like, there's a lot of stuff that they didn't... I don't think it's really necessary. Like, it didn't ruin the movie for me, but I was kind of like, what? Wait, what? Like, what's yeah. happening here? But initially, I loved I loved meeting, like, as the family trickled in. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, it could have been its own yeah. story, just about him being in that situation. You yeah, know, like yeah. That could have been its own movie, and it kind of was, like, a parallel story. But, you know, they weave them together. Well, it kind of reminds me of that Gilby film where the guy's building the airplanes
0: you know uh, he oh yeah he's like an engineer building um, airplanes uh, well, we
1: watched that didn't we watch that also for this early on was one of like the first ones we watched wasn't it was it i believe so i'm having a brain fart I feel like i just about... watched it because i wanted to watch it maybe i also watched that movie um, uh, anyway the wind also rises yes bam got yeah, it yeah, nailed yeah. it
0: i don't think we watched that for the podcast but anyway yeah so it was just about him kind of going through his life and like you know, meeting his family and all these sort of weird family situations. And that's what the non-digital part of it felt like to me. Like it was very sort of like easy, even in the midst of the crisis where like the world was potentially ending or Japan was potentially ending, whatever it was, everyone seemed so calm and they were like, watching a baseball game. Yes. Yeah, well, a lot of them didn't believe it was real, which was fine. Yeah. But the one, even the ones that did, they were like, oh, like, let's eat, you know, hang out a
1: little bit. It was weird. Yeah, it was super weird. But I I, I was secretly kind of like, oh, this would be a cool situation to be in where like you know, you're just like going about your business and then like a girl that you are just acquainted with or a, a guy, I mean, in this case is a girl, but whatever, yeah. is just like, "Hey, do you want to like come hang out for a day?" And you're like, "Sure." And then she like takes you you her family is this like goes back like, you know, centuries, like many generations. It's like they have that this huge property that's like this massive like you know farmstead kind of in the countryside with like you know their family kind of reaches into every aspect of life in japan and this like i was just like oh man that'd be fucking cool to just be like oh shit like check out this situation i'm in here yeah how how long do you think he was there for Like a weekend it feels like to me Yeah, it feels like he went there and then, like, I think there's like two scenes of him sleeping, maybe, or three scenes, maybe, but it just Mm -hmm. seemed like it was sort of like you get everybody's getting up, getting there over the first day or two, and then they have like a big dinner and a celebration. Then maybe there's one more day and everybody goes home. I don't know. So
0: when he meets that kid on the computer and it turns out that kid is like the the biggest badass in this like digital world, I was like, oh, this is going to get crazy. And it didn't. And I, I wanted it to so badly. And it like, it was
1: almost there. Yeah. You know? I agree. That's what I was saying. It was just I don't think they I almost now that we're talking about it would have liked to see them as separate movies. Like a movie I would watch a movie that was just a family drama like you know, it was beautifully Yeah. The production value it was beautifully animated. The mute, like everything about it was on point, but just like I felt it seemed almost kind of mashed together, like mm-hmm. they were tra- you know, the fact that they needed to link together the like oh this is the game that this is the game that we all play, you know, and the grandmother, like the matriarch is like, oh, I challenge you to this game, you know, the night before, you know, and like, yeah. it just sort of like, and then that's the game they play. I was like, okay, but in a world where theoretically you can do anything, how come they couldn't have just teamed up with all of those people and had like a crazy, like movies called summer wars. Like how is there not just like people fighting across all of these, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's, it, it's not like they even cut, corners with the animation like it's not like they're like oh well we wanted to save money and time like there's still the card game is still epic yeah, in the and, way that and it's they produced. give
0: her like this sweet costume and stuff and then yeah, just...
1: everything was wasted yeah. yeah i mean the initial fight was cool but i was expecting that to get you know yeah. to a whole nother level if you take my meaning i was expecting it to get really crazy but yeah i don't know i enjoyed it i did feel at the end i was like oh well yeah could it yeah yeah, I think I'm just desensitized. Like, I, I'm so used to things being super crazy that if, especially if there's the opportunity for something to be really crazy and they don't take that opportunity, I'm like, come on, guys. Just, yeah. This yeah, is where it makes sense to I, do I it. I
0: would have liked to have seen, okay, have you ever seen, um, what's that one that's on Netflix about the guys getting trapped in the video game? It's an anime as well. Dot Hack? No, no, no. Oh. Uh Oh
1: god. Like the online MMO. Sword RPG. Art Online. Yeah, Sword Art online. Yeah.
0: So in in the first season, the first half of the first season, they're stuck in this game and it is one of my favorite pieces of anime ever. Just the way that it it's like chronicles, so it's not as if one episode picks up where the last one left off. Like you know, they're there and then the next one's like two months later and the next one's like a month later or whatever it is. It's just like little. What, ad- are,
1: they, what are their bodies doing in real life while they're trapped in this game? They're like in a hospital getting
0: IVs and stuff. Be- oh, crazy. Because like they're like all their muscles are getting atrophied. So they're getting like physiotherapists and stuff. Um, <clears throat> anyway, but it kind of chronicles little pieces of the adventure. But that's besides the point. The reason why I mentioned it is because there's a point where the, a character faces off. He becomes, like, in, in later seasons, the the main character from the first one becomes, like, the ultimate gaming badass. Like, he's the best. Kind of like this character, like the kid character in this movie. Yeah, the rabbit. And I, and I would have liked to have seen an initial confrontation between the rabbit and the main character of the film. Like in the digital world before things went awry.
1: Yeah, it was just really only in the credit sequence. So there's like a little
0: bit of animosity there, like that fucker just like you know, you know what I mean? Because like he's the best. Yeah, and he gets like totally demolished. So there's a a little bit of like a
1: Dragon Ball Z thing going on.
0: Yeah, like a little bit of a hatred there, and then. When he realizes who the kid is, they can be like, oh, you fucking guy, you know, just yeah. a little
1: bit of that. And then they like kind of band together to like save the world or whatever. Yeah. It just felt like the other thing that, I, okay, one of the things I thought was hilarious that is another reason why I felt like it was kind of wasted potential is that at the end when the whole family, I not mean, I mean, whatever, I guess we're like in the twenties now, if you don't know that we spoil things, then yeah, kind, you know when the whole family gets on their mobile devices and stuff and joins up and it shows online that like crazy shot where they all just like are logged in and appear as their avatars. Yeah. That was so sweet because up until that point, I felt like there was a disconnect for me between it was like, you could be anything, but like the main guy just looked like kind of like a caricature of himself. Yeah. And then the kid was like this crazy rabbit. That was really the only one, but they didn't even really explain why that avatar, why she, that sorry, why he had picked that as his avatar. Right. But then when the family went in, like the the, the eldest after under the grandmother, like the the I guess the matriarch later in the film, the yeah. mother, like her character was just like a yellow ball smiley face on like a pink column. Like there, because <laughs> she was just like not into the technology at all. And yeah, I yeah. felt like all of the characters really reflected like there was a bit of a sort of like wink wink there where if you like paused and looked at them all, you're like, oh, I totally get it. Like the yeah the redheaded young single woman or whatever in the family was like kind of this like super thick outlines rendered in a different style, like blonde hair just kind of looked kind of like a, something you'd see in like a Kim Kardashian kind of game or something. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And I just like, there are so many opportunities to really play that up, mm-hmm. you know, and ha- had they actually fought, have all of these abilities and like really reflect. Cause you know, it seems like just a wasted opportunity to present a world, an online world much like many world like online worlds that exist today, where it's sort of a reflection of who you are right? and then not really leverage that at all. Like they kind of explained why the kid, the youngest kid, the super fighter had the fighting ability and like, or why, but like, I don't know. And then like his friend that was working from the high school campus was the just floating a, pic- head. a pixelated floating head. And I just wanted <laughs> to like, every time they showed that world, it was just kind of, it felt sort of white and empty, even though initially in the intro, they show like all, all these the different, different environments yeah. and stuff. And I was like, oh man, this is going to be crazy. Like they're going to fight across all these zones. No. It None just kind of kinda like
0: <laughs> hypes you up for Ready Player One because they like, yeah. when they're fighting, they just touch off certain zones, like books fly out of bookshelves and whatever,
1: yeah. but like it's, I want to see them go into those books and then they're in like a fairy tale like fighting through it and then like yeah. one of them gets punched into like space and there's like you know it's like a space like colonization game or something like that and, right. then, and then they're in the stock exchange like i don't know It's just like there was
0: yeah there's a lot that could have been done yeah. but you know and it, the funny thing is though the, the story plays out like an anime not so much like a like a north american film yeah you know what i mean by like There's certain twists, not even twists. There's certain, like, things that happen in the story that just would never happen in a traditional North American story. Like, they just kind of make light of the fact that this girl's in love with her uncle. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Right? And it's just like a thing. They're just like, oh, ha, 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 ha. But, like, I guess that happens in Japan. Like, (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like, they didn't... They talk about it like as a common thing because there's also... She has a cousin that's in love with her.
1: Right, yeah. They have the cop guy. Is he a cop? I don't... Yeah, it was the same guy, right? The guy that keeps being like, you you better not like her, Yeah, but you better also like her. And he's like, yeah. 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 yeah, that's... I think he was the cop who drives that like sweet fucking Matt... Whatever that was, that sweet car, the white car that gets smashed up later. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, there was just like... I think it's, I think it's anime itself that's kind of warped my expectations. Cause you take a movie like Paprika Mm -hmm. where it's like, here's the concept you have, you know, I can't even really remember. It was just so crazy. And like, or Akira. Yeah. And they take those movies to literally the furthest possible extent that they can take them to. Yeah. It's okay. You know, like it's, it's. It's not like, it's like, oh, okay, well, we have this, uh, like, the ending of Paprika is insane. And that's yeah. one of the things I love about anime is that, like, I feel like film in other places in the world, especially animated film, yeah is like...
0: Uh, is sorry, like, for the listener, we're recording this
1: in a actual,
0: the kitchen of a, of a woman's prison. <laughs> so, just in case you hear weird noises, people wash dishes or some <laughs> screaming or whatever, that just
1: how it is you know we got a mobile setup so each week we try to find the most the most suitable (laughs) location (laughs) but but like they yeah so just i guess my expectation is that uh anime is like the one area of like animated film where they're really going to take it as far as they can sometimes to its own detriment like some anime just goes too out of control and i can't handle i'm just like okay i've lost the plot but but see, you know, that's why I like The Windows All Rises, because it's very, like, it's the opposite. It well, takes it and, like, turns turns it on its head. Yeah, I guess there's those two extremes, right? Like, yeah. one thing that anime and manga does well is, like, almost banal, like, you don't... I guess that's not true. There are a lot of indie comics, uh, you know, you go to TCAF, There's stories that are just, they're not superhero books, it's just about somebody's life, but, like... Sure. But we like, don't have any animated features that are like that, though, in America, I don't think. Not, I'm sure we could scour and find one or two, but yes, as a generalization. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. you know, in Japan, they can make a fucking TV show about a high school tennis team. They can make a TV show about fucking whatever they want and it will like, you know, mm-hmm. they can still be good. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I just, they set the expectation in this with that digital world Literally minutes into the film, where you're like, oh, this is going to be nuts. Even the cover of the movie, like, looks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be crazy. And it just, I guess it just never really reached that, you know, they never took it into the red, which is where I really would have liked to see it go.
0: Yeah, I agree. Anyway, I think that uh, marks about the time we get to move into our next movie, the You Gotta Love It section of the podcast. So last week we talked about Netflix original. Stranger Things. Mm. This week, the You Gotta Love It is Netflix original Ridiculous Six.
1: Yeah. Happy Madison production.
0: It was definitely a Happy Madison production without question.
1: I mean, a lot of poop jokes, a lot of boob jokes. The majority
0: of the cast, you know, we got Nick Swartzen is in there. uh, Rob Schneider's in there. I mean, you name it. But then there's like some really like wasn't Gary Oldman in there and uh, Harvey Keitel? Harvey Keitel, Nick, Nol- Nick Nolte, Vanilla Ice. Yeah, <laughs> Vanilla
1: Ice is uh, <laughs> as uh, Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Yo, word up!" I, like, because at first I didn't. Remember, I was like, "What is happening here?" Yeah. Uh, oh man. Yeah, so- <laughs> oh man. So we're getting yeah. into some of the things that I
0: liked about it right now. Uh yeah, this is a short list, but the, you know, top of the list is the cast. Yeah, the cat. Yeah, it was Steve Buscemi. Yeah, loved the cast of the film. Luke Wilson. Yeah. You know, there's just so many, so many good, funny people in this film. David Spade. That make the most random appearances that I thought, okay, who who was, um, oh, Chris Parnell, Will Forte was in it. There's that country singer, uh, Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. (laughs) Yeah. Plays Wyatt Earp. Yeah. Um, oh man and with taylor lautner yeah isn't
1: it he's one of the main guys yeah and what's his name from lost hurley hurley from lost is that what's the guy's name though oh i don't know (laughs) that's like the second time that's coming we mentioned him on that weezer when we were talking about ozma too yeah 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 it was really bad it was a really bad movie but they're well so okay here's the thing so I, I, I get that it's it's a play on
0: Westerns. Or, I mean, it's a Western, but like. And Magnificent Seven? I assume that it's either, yeah, Magnificent Seven or Hateful Eight or whatever it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is. And I watch a good amount of Westerns. Like, one of my favorites is 310 to Yuma. That's a good one. Ben Foster. There's. Um, Yellow Posse. There's one with uh, Kevin Costner, Open Range. Another really. Anyways. And, of course, I've seen all the classics as well. But I watched a lot of Westerns, and I, I didn't understand, like, if, if it was supposed to be satire or parody, I didn't get it. Like, why
1: were they all brothers? I don't know. But one of my things was that I was hoping, actually, it kind of is related to what you just said, is that when I was watching it, I felt like I was like, oh, there's, like, touch... The, the parts that I thought were funny... And and those, there were parts that I thought were funny were like the moments where they touched on, uh, what's hilarious about actual Western films, you know? And I wish that they did more of that. Like, I can't even remember specific examples. I was going like, to say, give
0: me an example.
1: And ex- there was an example at the beginning of the movie where, uh, It's just where they, like, when the characters would question the logic, typical satirical stuff, but where they would question the logic of why something has to be a certain way. When you think about it, it would be that way in all Western movies, but it doesn't really necessarily make sense that things would be that way, you know, like, um, I'm really drawing a blank, but I I just remember thinking that several times, and I was just like, you know, I think I could have actually enjoyed this movie as, like, a decent movie had it just been less, like, I mean, it's Happy Madison, so, you know, kind of bathroom humor, but if they'd actually just focused more on like, because there were elements of it that were well, like it was well, you know, well shot, like scenes that seemed like they could, they belong in like an actual Western film. Sure. And I was just like, man, if they had just like stuck with that and then just like pulled out those, pulled on those threads that like make you question why this was such a successful genre for like 30 years, you know? Well, well I hate to say it, but I feel like. Uh, the movie with... Uh, what's his name? Seth MacFarlane. Seth
0: MacFarlane actually... Six Million
1: Ways to Die in the West.
0: Does it better.
1: Yeah, I I hadn't seen that, but I was thinking that maybe that's what that movie is. I mean,
0: I, I don't... Lo- I didn't love that movie either, but it was definitely funnier than this one. But anyway, let's get back to what I loved or what we loved about this film. Um,
1: I Oh, I really... I mean, I thought it was funny when John Turturro was in it as uh, that Abner Doubleday and he was like teaching them baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't really understand how that was connected really to the rest of the movie. But I I just like I thought that was pretty funny where it was just like. I'm glad you mentioned that because I had written that down. The the rules of baseball to anybody that's not basically from probably like North America or Japan. Like people like I've talked to so many people in Toronto that have like like immigrated here that are like. You know, maybe they get cricket, but they're like, I don't really get baseball. And I'm always like, no, it's so simple. Yeah, but yeah. like, that's just because I grew up knowing the rules. And yeah. it just was so funny how it was like every rule in the game came from this one guy just being like a poor sport. Yeah. Like he's like it's two, I get two chances to hit the ball. And then when he misses both times, he's like, no, 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 it's, it's three times. And then when he plays strike again, he's like, none of those counted because they were outside of this specific strike zone. Yeah. (laughs) And if you throw four that are outside of that zone, I automatically get to go to the base. And it was just like literally every aspect of baseball. Yeah. He explained away. And I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. It was really good. He was even you can even do that with baseball. I'm sure you could do that with any sport, but it was, it was, it was really funny. He was just
0: like, Oh no, you've hidden that way too far I'm not going to get that You can just take all the bases <laughs>
1: Yeah, Let's get a cold drink Or when uh, when uh, the Rob Schneider When there was like the infield fly rule Or whatever yeah. and, he, he just, and then he just tagged him out When he was walking back to the base They're just like, we don't get it And then they're like, okay, we're done playing this game He's like, but it's only half over We've yeah. only played nine innings And they're just like, nine innings It's so enough. enough Yeah it was good. That was probably the part that I thought was the funniest, but yeah, I don't know. It had its moments, man. Like I, I think this podcast is poisoning my mind, but you know, I've never really been other than maybe the classics, a huge fan of happy Madison productions. I mean, grandma's boy, I really enjoyed as well, but I oh, think grandma's that was like boy was tailored amazing. to sort of my community. Uh, you know, also, interestingly games. enough though, no Adam Sandler. And yeah, it's true. But the rest of the gang's all there. Yeah, and and so when I was watching this, I was really expecting a steamer, and it pretty much was. But oh, and Terry Crews was in it. Yeah, the cast was was nuts. Oh, yeah. It just looks, um, but just, there were some good jokes. I didn't like, like I don't like, you know where brothers still. Like, just,
0: what? Like I don't know where the brothers thing comes. Brothers thing comes from if it is, if it's a movie that I've just not seen. Yeah, maybe like, what, I, know. I don't know what they're aping on, but um, I do agree. I do agree. As I was watching it, I, I it was hard for me to find things that I loved about it. Yeah. But I was I was like, uh, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. I was just whatever about it. It wasn't like, oh, this is awful. I need to turn it off immediately. Yeah, there's a there was a there was a lot of stuff in it that was kind of uh one of the prisoners is vid- visiting us right now. In the in the
0: female pen. Kitchen's closed.
1: <laughs> um Lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, yeah, like there was there was a little bit too much of the like super predictable. You're like, Oh yeah, this donkey's going to shit on somebody at some point, you <laughs> yeah. know, like just things where like, it was so obvious what was going to happen that you're just like, uh, and I will say that, uh, predictably the portrayal of, uh, aboriginals in it, I was like pretty, I know that it's supposed to be even understanding what type of film this was. I was like, oh, okay, that like is still pretty tasteless, you know, like it's like something <laughs> where you could like, You could still make that funny. Like, I feel like every other I don't know, actually maybe this is hypocritical, but I did find that there was jokes in it. I guess they weren't tasteful, but like I don't know. It was just sort of the whole, like, you know, people hitting their mouths and going, you know, making these like noises, that kind of humor from when I was like four years old, where I was like, that's not right. But then jokes at like white people's expense in the movie. It's almost like that was like them trying to make up for how they portrayed native Americans. Yeah. Like there's the part where, uh, the one native is just like, like all, all white men lie. And then like the chief is just like, he's like, no, sometimes it's like white man tells the truth. And then he like completely kind of breaks character for me. And he's like, one in 25, 20, 20, 25. Yeah. One in 25 times. Yeah. <laughs> like little things like that where I was like, oh, you know, okay. I get, but like, I don't know. It's still, maybe I'm just like overly sensitive to. Was it like when when the the bad guys were rolling up
0: on the Indian town and they were just like, hey, like wash your sheets in river? Uh, you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh shit, is that actually your name? Yeah. Like, is uh, yeah. that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, just no, not even that. It was like the way that before any got anybody showed up, it was like when Adam Sandler was like living with with this, you know, this tribe. It yeah. was just like like Dances with Wolves style. It something. felt yeah, it felt like a like there was just so little effort put into. They're like, yeah, okay, we'll set up some. TPs and like aware well, that you know like it was just like come on guys like there's so much detail in other aspects of this film like you could have anyway whatever probably just a stupid gripe considering the the caliber of film but whatever i was just kind of like ah oh, come on guys Super. so
0: what's weird though is he has like almost superhuman powers in
1: the beginning of the movie oh yeah they
0: just never come back again they like, kind
1: of do at the end when well, he like is in the dark and he like throws the well, he he just throws, he's just really good at shit. throwing
0: knives or whatever. But like in the beginning of the movie, he like m- moves superhumanly quick. Oh yeah, I you forgot know? about that. Yeah. And like does all this <laughs> shit. And then like later on when he's in a jam, he's just like, oh, well, we're fucked.
1: I liked when they made uh, Steve Zahn scoop out his eye. Oh and you, yeah, you knew the whole time. You're like, oh, none of those guys did that. Yeah. And they're all just like, oh my god, he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like, I can't see. You know, this one's pretty much blind. Are you sure? I just can't remove this one. Yeah, there's definitely moments where I kind of, you know, I got a chuckle out of it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if we we need to come up with some sort of rating system. I think for the you gotta love it, so that at the end we can be like, I give this three out of five love it's or something. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. There's like a speaking of love it's. Well. W- Oh yeah, John Lovitz. (laughs)
0: We we should give it um, some sort of negative rating, right? You know, so like the closer you get to zero, the better the film is. Okay, we'll give it a sliding scale of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: let's come up with that for next time because I'm having trouble thinking of what that could be on the spot well yeah just like phrases
0: and i think that yeah we need to we need to set some sort of bar with some of the previous movies we've yeah, watched so for sure we'll, we'll do that next episode but what i wanted to ask you stranger things aside what is your favorite netflix original property because now there's a lot of them and this is one of them it kind of made me think like you know they generally put out a lot of good things and i hear that adam sandler's second movie the For Netflix is is supposed to be actually pretty good. Mm. I haven't seen it.
1: But I would say predictably uh the Marvel originals like Daredevil or Jessica Jones. Which one's your favorite of the two? That's that's tough. Probably I know my answer. Probably Daredevil. Oh. I don't know, man. Fuck, that's hard. Well, cuz yeah. here's the thing. Okay. No, tell me. I thought that Jessica Jones stands on its own as a brilliant show. Like, I feel like if you're not a Marvel fan, mm-hmm. you could watch that and just be like, oh, this is just a cool paranormal detective show that, sure. like, totally. And I feel like it, it traveled into out into waters that were kind of, at least for me, unexplored in TV. Like, some there's, like, some dark shit in that show. Totally. Like, severely. Like, I was like, fuck. Like, the conceptually the idea of somebody being able to like violate people at that level and they like they didn't skimp on it like they explored it to like its darkest right possible depths and uh i thought that was amazing but i think it's just like being a fanboy like there's just like daredevils had two seasons to do it but i was just like it was the first one and it just kind of came out and i was like yes fucking they've done it man, this is sick. Like the first season where it's like, he's wearing the all black before he has the suit Mm -hmm. and they're setting up all the characters and just like feeling like they had just really done a great job of like realizing one of their most neglected properties that had such a sordid past with that like horrible movie and just like really nailed it, I think was awesome. And I think I just have a little bit more of a disconnect for Jessica Jones because you know I read a lot of Marvel comics, but she is sort of a character really on the periphery for me. So it just didn't have that. I was just like, wow, this is a really, really fucking good show. But Daredevil really like kind of hit, stuck with me. I was like, oh, and then, you know, The Punisher, like The Punisher is amazing. They nailed it. Like The Punisher was fucking fantastic. Like everybody that they put in it has been great.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I'll be honest with you. I like Jessica Jones because... I'm a sucker for anything detective. Hmm. Like, I just love the whole gumshoe noir, yeah. anything like that. So that kind of um, that kind of did it for me. But do, I do agree with everything that you said. I mean, I binge watched the first Daredevil almost in like a day or two.
1: Where does the phrase gumshoe come from? I don't know. You, we should the Google that. Does anybody out there know? If from? you know, tweet that at us.
0: Okay, well, aside from
1: those, though, have you seen Bloodline? No, I still haven't watched it. It's on Woo! my list. There's a lot oh, of. There's, buddy. Two there's seasons, a, right? Yeah. Two seasons. There's a lot of Netflix shows that are on my list on Netflix, to be honest with you. I'm currently watching, uh, what's that one that they remade the American version of? Broadchurch. I don't and, like, know. What a that couple is. episodes into Broadchurch. Have you seen Marco Polo at
0: all? I haven't seen that either. Oh, you've obviously watched House of Cards, Master. Oh of-
1: fuck! Oh, how could I forget that? Oh, is that your favorite? I'm gonna have to revise cards? my answer. Yeah, dude, House of Cards is like—it's so good that I forgot that it was even a Netflix show. And mm. I think it's like on a tier above that. Oh man, I can't I, even. I can't even talk. Like I'm at a loss. That show is fucking incredible. It's amazing. I haven't seen. Um, I haven't seen Narcos. I also haven't seen it, but I've heard great things about Everyone's it. Everyone's obsessed with that. My There's girl, too, too much TV, I mean, man. There's you, too much.
0: If you asked my girlfriend, she'd probably say Orange is the New Black or Sense or not Sensei, or uh, the uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She mm. likes those.
1: but like I Can't do it. Orange is the really New Black? Me. Can't do it. Watching the whole first season, wanted it to just come down on one side of the fence or the other. I didn't like that at times it seemed like a really serious prison drama, and then at other times it seemed like this totally like goofy wacky. fucking yeah. wacky thing. And I was like, guys... I mean, obviously, it works for most people because people fucking love that show. But I just, I was like, this is driving me nuts, and I think it's just because I watched so many things like House of Cards and The Wire that I'm like, before I saw that show and knew really that it was a comedy. Well, have you seen Oz? No. Ooh, one of HBO's first shows. I remember. I remember it. It is. I
0: haven't seen it. Fucking intense. Last thing I'll say is Master of None. Are they making a second season? I heard that they were. Because I would love to see another season. For me, that's like the perfect mix of comedy meets sort of social commentary.
1: and Twee indie drama.
0: Yeah. There's just some hints of it that are just so,
1: like, were so real to me that I was just like, oh. Yeah, it was great. It was good. That was another good one. Yeah. But I think House of Cards has got to take, like, that show is just masterful. It's like... So that's the one for you. That's the one. Well, what if I what if I put Stranger Things back in the ring though? Still House of Cards. Wow. Okay. Still House of Cards. House of Cards is like after the first season of House of Cards, I was just like, Man, I gotta go to Washington. Oh yeah, that first DC. season was. Unreal. And like the David Fincher, man. David Fincher is one of my favorite directors. He how do produced, they kill
0: how do they kill off that Mara character though? What do you mean? What? I mean, she was hot. Why did they kill her off? I oh. guess they couldn't really do much more. But
1: oh, how, oh, I see. Yeah, but the, oh man, it was so Spoiler like so good though. Like that show is just brilliant, and I think that it's like I like I like how it's uh, they kind of there's a lot of complex stuff going on in there that I don't really understand in real life that has to do with politics, but mm-hmm. they make it like that show has made me understand those things. Yeah, if I get that. Makes that. Sense. Like the yeah, intrigue yeah. and the drama. Like there's things where if I read it in like CNN or like the Guardian talking about American politics, I'd right. be like, I don't really under, I get the thrust of what this is about, but I don't really get it. And mm-hmm. then this show really like, I think does a good job of making it accessible if you're willing to like put in the time. Like sure. you have to and pay I think attention. That you can't just fucking run that shit in the background. You need to be clued into that show.
0: It's obviously a more dramatic heightened sense of how things go. But I suspect that there is a very similar sort of with, I mean, the stakes probably aren't as high, but the give and take is probably pretty much the same. Like, look, I'll let you pass this bill if you yeah. do X,
1: Y, Z for me, sort of in the background. There's all this kind of like, well, intrigue. I saw a funny interview with Kevin Spacey where he was talking about it and they were asking him about if they take the story when they're writing the episodes, like yeah. writing the story. Do they take from what's happening in real the real world? and like make you know build the story around that or are they completely on their own and he just said like obviously we borrow some things but what has alarmed him is like each season they're kind of like okay how can we take this to the next level but then by the time that season comes out it reflects like what's happening in the world you know like the most recent season had what you might call this like incredibly right-wing uh kind of a nut job i mean he's a little bit more con- maybe not a nut job i mean his his ideals are very out there like they're very like which character the uh guy from robocop
0: yeah oh i didn't think he was a nut job
1: though well he no he's not a, sorry he's calculated but like yeah. everything that he supports is like yeah yeah okay it's like the right wing like he's the you know the but right he's wing really Republican. only supporting it to to of course but like that is like a parallel to like or some might say a parallel to what's been happening in the States and like yeah, the live, you know, with Trump. So it was like, that's why they were asking him on this interview. They were like, you know, like there's a lot of parallels between this, but you guys filmed this like before the shit had really picked up steam. And he was just like, Yeah. Uh and he said something about basing the characters on fictional character. Like he basically took shots at Trump, even like in mm-hmm. the interview. But like it's just a brilliant show. It's great. Yeah, Netflix is knocking it out of the park, man. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you know, there's the occasional sort of flop. But yeah, but like compared to real TV where like 95% of shows get canceled after half a season to one season. I just don't understand
0: scared. where all the money comes from. I mean, you'd think that at a point, there there's like not... I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. you can only convince so many people to subscribe. But
1: I, yeah. Well, I'm sure there's outside investors, like people that are invested in... But, yeah, I guess where would they get their return from? It's only subscribers, right? That's the only way the income comes S- in. So the one thing I would like to see more of on Netflix is original animated films. I think there's a lot of space for them to explore that, and I don't think that they have done that, that would be very good. much yet.
0: I mean, they've done a good job of popularizing <laughs> existing animation, but they haven't created their own as far as I know. Hmm. I mean, so we there's talked about animes. We talked about Sword Art online. Obviously Their Attack Netflix. on Titan has been like a fucking monster of a show. Yeah. Even though there's only been a
1: season. There are like Netflix original animes. Are there? Yeah, that I've seen. They have the Netflix maybe it's just Netflix exclusive. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It might be exclusive. But like I mean like if they're getting people to foot the bill for like shows that are have the budget of like House of Cards or Stranger Things or Marco Polo or Narcos why can't we just see it? Or like the ridiculous six, I want to see like a triplets of Belleville, you know, like I want to see people exploring animation that maybe this is a better venue for or platform for than like theaters, you know? Yeah. Cause it's so rare that you see that stuff in theaters, like Persepolis. Um, you know what I mean? The illusionist, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, two of those were Sylvan Chomet films, but, uh, yeah, man. I just. I mean, that being said, I've got enough on my Netflix list to keep me occupied for probably about two and a half years of st- of solid watching. I just add so much shit on there, and I haven't even scratched the scratched the surface. But, uh, yeah. What's your What's your favorite? You didn't really say. You said you like Daredevil, but what's your? No, I said I like Jessica Jones. I, I mean, I enjoy Daredevil. Right. Uh, my favorite
0: of all the series, I think right now it's it i mean maybe it's just still new but stranger things is definitely on that list um there's there are so many good ones and there's it's hard because like they're it, how do i put this they don't really compete you know they they do a pretty good job spacing out their series so it's yeah. not as if like i'm watching two at the same time and comparing mm-hmm but House of Cards is on there for me. Um, Netflix did an original season of a show, which I thought was the worst season of the show, but Arrested, Arrested development, development was like the first three seasons of that show or whatever, like my favorite things in the world. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what I would consider my favorite. It might be Jessica Jones, maybe. but
1: it's good, man. It was real good.
0: House of Cards... I think it, ultimately it's probably House of Cards only because it is a more serious drama, which I tend to steer myself towards for the most part. You know, like some of my favorite, most of my favorite movies aren't like out there action or
1: adventure or whatever I like. Serious. Oh man, I love that shit. Tell me about it. Based like in reality the reality drama? Yeah. The Wire. Oh, The show Wire. The Anything that David Simon has done? Great. Mm-hmm. Yo, let's get David Simon on a Netflix show. Ooh, yeah how fucking that'd be sick i would love to see david simon tackle like i mean he always tackles current issues but like current issues current current like next year i want to see a show about the states right right now have you seen trimming no i still haven't watched it i've watched a couple episodes of first season but i haven't watched the whole show i also haven't seen uh generation kill that's an easy one to watch. There's only a couple episodes of that. Generation Kill? Yeah. yeah. Uh, great. They're both great. Cool beans, man. Cool yeah. beans. Recommendations?
0: <coughs> yeah, yeah. On to the recommendations. So, I mean, we just listed off a shit ton of Netflix stuff for you to check out. But,
1: recommendations for the week. Andrew, what do you got? So, earlier I mentioned Studio 4C, uh, which, oh, my bad, is a... Uh, Japanese animation studio Um, I'm finding out some pretty crazy stuff here about where their background but that's not what I'm here to talk about Mm -hmm. they have made some of my favorite wacky films Um, Tech on Concrete is one of probably their most well-known in terms of just like audiences over here seeing it like it Mm -hmm. it saw theatrical release as well as you can go to any store and get it on DVD Brilliant, but I'm just, suggest, my recommendation is that you just go to whatever service you use to potentially not so legally watch films because it's hard to find a lot of this stuff or eBay yeah, and look up anything that mine or Studio 4C has, uh, has made mm-hmm. mind game, uh, would be one that I would suggest that you check out first. Um, I was introduced to it when I was still in school in animation. Um, I mean, there's so many wonderful things that I was introduced to going to school for animation just so many people from kind of all over the place all over the world just having access to all this crazy material but i can't even really describe what it's about but if you just like these guys consistently just do balls to the wall animation of like the craziest psychedelic concepts in the middle of an otherwise seemingly grounded anime like the elements of uh Summer Wars or Paprika that were the craziest, you know, where like yeah. reality is like in Paprika where like the the mind world is like leaking out into the real world or like in uh, Summer Wars when they're in the internet world. Like that is basically the bread and butter of the studio, at least the Studio 4C films I've seen. Yeah. Where it's just like, like there's in Mind Game, there's a part where they're in the belly of a whale. Well, I won't explain why, but the, the main character is in the belly of a whale. And to get out, they mm-hmm. start paddling in this boat and they start paddling faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster faster faster, until all of a sudden they're like the boat like explodes basically and they're running on water and it's like there's no like painted background like it's the whole everything on screen is drawn and animated Mm -hmm. and it's like the characters are each frame they're a different color like pink blue green and their arms are like stretching past you and they're running so fast they're like running up they're like breaking apart physically until they like come out of the, and that's just a sample of like the type of shit that these guys animate. And it, I don't know. It's just, it's sick. Like if you just want to have a blast, check it out. Studio 4C mind game is a good one. Tech on concrete. If you haven't seen it, I it's not, it's less of a hidden gem, but those two are, are fantastic.
0: That sounds pretty fucking awesome. I'm also going to suggest an anime for people to check out. There's an anime that uh, might be hard to find, but if you can find it and you like that cerebral type weird shit, it's called *Paranoia Agent*. Um, I think I'm gonna force Andrew to watch it at some point just so we can talk
1: about it because you don't have to force me. I mean, I, I just gotta find. I gotta make the time to do it. Yeah. I'd love to.
0: I watched it once with a buddy of mine in university, and I don't remember a thing about it, and that's why I feel like it can still be fodder. For, wow, for us to uh, for us to talk about, but it is. I just remember it being off the wall, bananas, like you know you can't really trust reality that type of thing. So check that out. What I'm gonna do at the end of this episode? We normally play a song. I'll just tack on a song from an anime, you I mean, know, like an anime theme song or something at the end. of Pick this. something from a cross Plus. Oh yeah. Okay. I think I can do that. Anyway, yeah. Check out Mind Game and. Uh, paranoia agent and let me just put this call out there really quickly we need some updated suggestions so if you have any please email us mailbag at loveitpod.com or fill out the survey on our website
1: at loveitpod.com do we know just before we log off here do we we don't know what what do we have queued up for next week we, we don't have anything yet. Eh? We don't. I don't know what it's
0: going to be. Okay. But what I'll do is when we decide from now on, when we decide what we're going to watch for the next week or listen to or whatever, I'll, I'll break in with like a midweek, you know, teaser episode, you know, I'll record a little thing, throw it up on the podcast channel. That way people don't have to go hunting for what we're going to do sure. next week. They'll
1: just get an extra episode in their queue. One more thing I should mention because it's fast approaching. Mhm. Fan Expo. Yes. For those we of start, you we should start spreading the word about that. You for those of you it. who are going to be at Fan
0: Expo, have a look out for Andrew and myself cuz we are going to be at Fan Expo
1: beefing up our social medias with pictures of all y'all in costume. Yeah, plus we're hoping to maybe gather some uh some suggestions, you know? So, yeah. uh yeah, we'll probably we'll, we'll mention that a couple more times. Maybe we'll even come up with a more defined plan of sort of what's going to be happening if you want to get in on that but uh yeah um, until next time
0: Andrew's going to dress up like the guy from
1: uh uh Buck Stack Static Sh- st- Static Shock Oh yeah oh yeah Andrew's going to dress up like the guy There's from There's only Buckaroo so Banzai. many nerdy characters that are black dudes with dreadlocks so
0: And I'm going to dress up like Giz- Gizmo from or not Gizmo what's the fucking asian dude from uh the all right anyway (laughs) have a good night guys